Welcome to Hop Heroes, where we talk about nerd culture, storytelling, myth-making, alcoholic beverages, and the underbelly of the dirty city we live in. This week on Hop Heroes. They had to step over like 25 people. And we sit in the middle. It's like, we're never going to the bathroom. (laughs) Jordan like actually leaned over and said that to us. He was like, do not go to the bathroom. (laughs) We're not going to the bathroom. So like, we're in it for three hours. You fucking hold it. And then Florence was like, so you're just going to leave me? Like, what the fuck? And I just remember watching that scene and thinking, you lost me. (laughs) You lost me here because it's not realistic. I'm sorry. Like, I just feel like, I mean, I thought it was, what are we talking about? Like you're going to leave Florence Pugh. Uh, Let's let's take a sip of the beer first. So see how this triple IPA hits at the end of the night. Oh my God. That just makes me want to. We just met. Let's get it. Oh. oh God! Look at it smoking. Oh shit! <laughs> Hello and welcome <laughs> to another episode of Hop Heroes. <laughs> what an intro! We're back, baby. Woo. Show where we talk about our Pop favorite drinks and our favorite heroes. I'm your host Jordan Arith, and with me, as always, we have the talented artist and comic enthusiast Jared Gonzalez. What up? How's uh, life? Life's good, man. Just popped a bottle of damnation because we are going to talk Oppenheimer today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So figure, you know, damn us all. Damn us all. Um, And you might have just heard a cork leave a bottle. And uh, that is the setup for this bottled golden ale, uh, Belgian inspired from Russian River Brewing Company. Um, And then we have our third host who's pouring his beer as well. And I think spewed a little bit when he popped his bottle. Uh, Don't say spewed. Zach Barlow, how are you, kid? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm great. I say spewed a lot. Yeah, please, Spew. you know, you should eliminate it from your vocabulary. It's great to be back, man. I, it's really been, it's been a minute, dude. It's been, I feel like I haven't seen you guys in like three years. Well, we went hardcore in the month of like June, like where we saw each other every week. Yeah. And, and then yeah. I think we all just, did, <laughs> That's we enough. just kind of decided like silently, like, you know what? A, Probably good for yeah. a, a year, maybe. <laughs> it felt like a year. Yeah. It was a it good did. year, too. It yeah, was. It was a great year. July was great for us. Yeah, I think we just got a bit, like, summer happened, and, you know, JR and I are new parents, and, um, you know. Soon to be parent over here. I honestly, for, I didn't know if you had said, if you've announced that Yeah, we that were, like, a little yet. worried. I, I, like, I, I was it. about to say I, it. I, I thought I was hesitation. like, <laughs> I actually don't know if Jordan said So I'll just give well, Jordan the stage. we didn't want all of our female listeners to just tune out immediately. <laughs> So. Or the male listeners now, Mostly. their lovers. I mean, the only female listener is Melissa. So. Yeah. <laughs> really, what we should be worried about baby. is the male listeners yeah, that are in your DMs. Are. <laughs> we don't want the thirst trap to close the doors, but I do have a little child on the way. Who knows the sex? We will not. We're going to wait it out. Wow. You know, which is uh, was that your decision or Melissa's? I think it was a team decision. It was both of you guys. Yeah, just. That's so wild felt to like me. It'd be a cool surprise, and there's no surprises in this world anymore. You know, we have so much information at our fingertips. Why not? Why not let one surprise actually happen? Okay. Damn, bro. I you, just think that's like the, the nine months. That's a long I, time. I, I don't to know not how know. you would do that. Like we're about fa- we're about almost halfway. You're so. halfway. Oh wow. Yeah. So so do you guys have like a boy name and a girl name picked, and you're just gonna like let it rock one way or the other? Yeah, we've got 
Zach out there for for, <laughs> for the girl for fucking hero. Um, yeah. So a boy, girl, and then like a god, like it like comes out with like golden with a tail. In wings. No, we've thrown some around, but we haven't locked any in yet. So still feeling that out. So listeners, uh, our eleventh subscriber will uh, <laughs> get to choose the name of Jordan's new son or daughter. Um, no, but yeah, it has been a while. It's been a busy summer, obviously, and it's good to get back in the old hop, hop haven, mm-hmm. the recording cave. And Hope I still remember how to do this. Yeah. It's been a minute. I feel a little, we'll stumbly through the first part of this. This is, uh, this is getting, shaking the rust off. Uh, yeah. Maybe a sip of beer will help with that. Let's, let's, let's throw some back. And this is the Damnation Golden Ale that we're trying. Uh, it is the first in the long lineup of Belgian-inspired beers. It's a medium-bodied golden ale. Pilsner and pale malts, along with a Belgian yeast strain, give this beer a nice balance of fruit and spice. It's re-fermented in bottle, create its fine carbonation. Spent yeast cells form a thin layer of sediment in the bottom of this bottle. Pour slowly, allowing the natural yeast to sediment to remain. So, all that being said, I think it's delicious. I do too. I thought damnation. I'm thinking like heavy. Like, I'm going to be walking through fucking swamps after I drink this. Mm-hmm. And it is a lot lighter. I mean, it's a gold nail. Yeah. So, but what are your thoughts on the beer, man? Um, I think it's really good. I, I think that the balance between f- fruit and spice, like, I, I'm definitely getting that. Um, it's a light beer, which I feel like is nice because <coughs> we kind of got a lineup in front of us tonight. So, quite it's a nice uh, little, you know, entry point. Um, I definitely feel like I got, like, the carbonation in the bottle i mean when we popped the cork it was like it was like smoking coming out of the bottle and then it almost raised out of the bottle and i had to pour it immediately and then when i poured it it poured almost like a champagne like i felt like there was like a lot of bubbles Mm -hmm. and um so i feel like it is what it advertises itself to be and um the the, honestly the logo and the name damnation i feel like is a little bit misleading like you said like it feels like this should just be like a bottle of whiskey or something like but it's not. It's actually quite pleasant, light, sessionable, and but not like absent of flavor. So I'm, I think we started with winter. This is a nice summer beer. It honestly. is. I'd enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoy it in the sun. Well, with that being said, let's talk about damnation. Let's talk about wine and eternal fucking damnation. <laughs> let's talk dude. about just being miserable and stressed. And <sighs> okay. Has anybody's butthole unclenched since we saw Oppenheimer? Honestly, I think I've had nightmares. To be honest, bro. The thing about Oppenheimer is that like it doesn't just like it doesn't end at the movie theater. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like it fucking sticks to your ribs, and you're like you're. I don't know about you guys, but I went home that night, and I've just been like kind of like. Thinking about it, you know. <laughs> I laid and ever for since a while like night. that yeah. night, like I just feel like I'm still kind of think like so. <laughs> I so let's talk about the movie and then we can talk about the effects of it. Talk about Zach's trauma. I um, I think that Christopher Nolan has made a lot of amazing films. That's not news. Everybody kind of thinks that. You know, obviously, Dark Knight is one of my favorite tr- movies, trilogies of all time. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Christopher Nolan is my favorite filmmaker. I think Oppenheimer might be the best movie he's ever made. Whoa. Yeah. It's it's beautifully it be made. Because like, it's fucking it's three hours long. Yeah. But it's it flies by right. in it's, the theater. It's not like Swear. an action movie though. Like it, and it's not. Yeah. But I feel like the whole movie is kind of about this this bomb, this mm-hmm. building of the bomb in this race. But the way he puts the whole thing together, it feels like it's a ticking time bomb itself. Do you know what I oh, mean? Yeah. Like this there's just like some 
tension that's introduced in the beginning, mm-hmm. and then minute by minute, scene by scene, dialogue by dialogue, the tension grows slowly, 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 to the point that when the bomb drops, I, you feel like you're about to fucking explode. And I just feel like the execution of that is like a an art form in itself. And I think his use of like the score to kind of be a character in the film really was, you know, how that tension was built. Like he would in scenes where there's dialogue, he would like have the score be louder than the dialogue almost. And it would be very dissonant. Like it's not fucking melodic and beautiful. It's like these like scrapes and scratches and this violin doing wild shit over here. And it just makes you feel fucking uncomfortable. You know, like I just felt like, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I didn't feel good watching the movie <laughs> no but i felt like that's what i what that was the intention so i felt like all of a sudden i'm not just watching an art exhibit i'm like part of it i'm in the art exhibit almost like the i feel like the stranger things thing oh here we go but like th- what they wanted the to stranger do, things what they were trying to do but yeah. like it felt that way to me because i don't know like i just felt immersive maybe it's because we saw it in imax and that like well, the screen is definitely intense in IMAX. Massive, I, I closed dude. my eyes and I laid down, and all I could see was like a massive screen, like <laughs> behind my yeah. eyelids. Like, and I also think we have to set the, you know, properly explain the setting that we were sitting in watching this movie. Yeah, um, probably never do that again. We we dude. we didn't we once again uh, didn't have the opportunity to go to our our comfortable twenty one and older people serve you service theater where you have people space, probably think we're so fucking <laughs> We had to yeah, go. Yeah, your Seahawk lives right down the road from what, you, bro. We had to go to one. <laughs> once again, go to the theater uh, full of just people with no space. And God. Zach. Super busy for a Wednesday, yeah, by the Yeah, it was a Wednesday way. freaking evening. And Zach, the, you know, the, the genius packed, he by the is, way. Yeah, it was. The, the three seats directly in the middle. <laughs> yeah, man, because I feel like you need and, that middle. Bro, come on. And you had to. We had to pay a cost, but don't lie. Those seats centered. On that massive screen, that shit was fucking. Yeah. Fire. It was great if we would have got there earlier, but we got there like 15 minutes That's after. That's That is my fault. I was there early. You were there <laughs> That's early. Sure, you can't play it. It's all. It's usually true. Zach. This is the one that's dragging behind, but this time it was Jr. And so we get there, and then we have to get popcorn. It's a three-hour flick. We're not going to just not get popcorn. And we finally <laughs> we get our snacks, and we're we not just going to not get popcorn we, and candy. And I see, <laughs> and I got a large soda because like I'm going to be thirsty. And then I see where our seats are, and like. We're doing the, excuse me, pardon me, stepping oh, on shoes. Like, it's an shoes. IMAX theater, so the row is massive. So yeah. We and had to step over like 25 people. <laughs> and we sit in the middle, seats. and it's like, we're never going to the bathroom. <laughs> was, Jordan like actually leaned over and said that to us. He yeah. was like, do not go to the bathroom. <laughs> we're not going to the bathroom. So like, we're in it for three hours. You fucking hold it. So and basically, I, I just didn't touch my soda I barely drank my soda. It's like, it's not worth it. So <laughs> while the movie was so unnerving and like so just jolty with the like the loud crashes out of nowhere and the, the violin squeaks and like everything that made you uncomfortable, this scenery, but the setting we were also watching it in was so uncomfortable. Like I literally sat like yeah, with my we, shoulder we were, like, like crunched <laughs> in, in to one side. I think I had to go to a chiropractor after seeing that movie that way. And so like everything about it just created this ambiance of like misery. But I was so enthralled. And I remember when like this building up to this bomb scene where they're finally going to see if it works. Mm-hmm. Everybody's so stressed out. And the buildup is so drawn out but so well done. I'm just like – I was like readjusting in my seat like 17 times just trying to like figure out the best angle. I'm like wiping my hands in my pants. <laughs> my palms are sweating. Like I was just so nervous. And I feel like that really added to it. And then you get two hours in after the bomb reveal. And then there's another hour of just like 
behind the scenes backstabbing like who's responsible for who and like the entire time it's like you're watching two movies parallel you're watching you are how the how the bomb was built why it was built the race the stress behind that and then you're watching what's happening behind the scenes what's the aftermath yeah uh in this world of science and politics just intertwining so it's actually two perspectives excuse me the first perspective is oppie's perspective oppenheimer's perspective and that perspective is filmed in color like that's like kind of like the perspective of like almost the audience or whatever. You're like living it with him. Kind You're of kind of living it with him. Yeah. And then the other perspective is a perspective of, uh, Lewis Strauss. Yeah. yeah Downey right. Jr. Downey character. And his perspective is in black and white. Mm-hmm. And it's also kind of in the future. And so the future of the future of the bomb, yeah, right? Because like the movie the starts before, before the bomb drops so like 49. So it starts or something like that. Yeah. So like we're starting with Oppenheimer's perspective in color, but as we kind of advance through the story, we're flipping back and forth between Oppie's perspective and Strauss's perspective, color and black and white. And, um, so that's kind of like why there's two stories or why it feels like there's mm-hmm. two stories. Yeah. But even like in the color, like when he's getting, you know, inner, not interviewed, but he's like on that, like, the the board Trial. yeah for his the, the uh, credentials that's still Oppie's uh, perspective it's in color but it's also somewhere in the future because you're going through like his entire and they mix yeah. that in too like yeah. it kind of meets yeah. a certain point in the movie where those like meet and cross parallel mm-hmm. and then um, it's it it is a beautifully made movie like if if I wanted to be like starting off and I wanted to be a director that's like that's the ultimate, like, this is the ultimate goal. Like, this is how you make it. I a movie. agree. And that's what I mean when I, when I say like, I'm not saying this lightly. Like, I feel like this mm-hmm. is Christopher Nolan's best yeah, fucking he film. Wrote, he, screen, he wrote the screenplay and directed it. So it's, this yeah. is literally him. Yeah. Literally him. And it's like, so like just the shit that we're talking about now, like Strauss's shit is in black and white. It's only going to be in black and white. And then Oppie's is going to be in full color. Yeah. Well, he filmed this in like actual IMAX, like 17, three ratio or whatever. And the black and white, like the way to film that black and white, like didn't exist. Like mm-hmm. he had to like invent how to film like Strauss's perspective and go back and forth in that. And then the other thing is when that bomb dropped, that's a real fucking atomic bomb that dropped. I can't believe Christopher that. Nolan had to convince somebody that to make this film like legit, he needed to drop a fucking atomic bomb and capture it on film or else it wasn't going to make sense. CGI wasn't good enough. Wasn't it Interstellar that Christopher Nolan did? Yeah. And he built that that cornfield in the middle of nowhere. Like, they needed an actual cornfield to build that they could drive the car through. Like, yep. it was, like, fucking yeah. acres yep. and acres yeah. long. They couldn't CGI the corn. Yeah. Like, we need a real cornfield yeah. that we're driving. Like, yeah, this dude. guy is, like... But dedicated this guy to the dropped a fucking nuke <laughs> for this cornfield, a bomb. Like he dropped a nuke and filmed it. Like I don't know how else to like feel about that other than just absolutely fucking blown away mm-hmm. by. Yeah, I mean, literally, and also just from this this dude's art. Like it's fucking next level. Like if if you're if I'm a director, I'm like. Start here. This is it. This is exact. This is like the peak of fucking movies. Start here. Yeah. <laughs> this is the bar. But also, I, I will say the moment that the bomb drops, fuck, dude, fuck in IMAX too. The silence. Mm-hmm. Holy just, shit! Yeah, it did man. the opposite of what you thought, right? Because yeah. you thought you were yeah. just getting this big loud boom, and he actually just it felt like it sucked you in, like Even literally more. sucked the air out of you yeah. with that silence. Yeah, it was yeah, intense. Yeah, I, I was the like delayed hit at the end. It was getting so loud in the theater. For me, honestly, I Loki, saw you do. Like, yeah, I had to. Co- I, I plugged my ears because it was getting so fucking loud. Zach has and sensitive I ears. was. Oh, I got some sensey ears, <laughs> and I also was like, 
uh, you know, tr- like kind of like you, that was almost just my nervous response to like this fucking tension that became unbearable, mm-hmm. became fucking physically unbearable for I me. I couldn't wait the forty-four seconds it was ticking down. I was like, I know, I know. It's like, when is the last time you've watched a movie where you've been that physically affected I don't know by if I've a ever movie? Been that stress. I when I, I watched Schindler's List for the first time, it was pretty rough. Like, and it was Steven Spielberg, and that was in black and white, but that was a little bit different. He used lighting um as a as a dynamic in yeah. that movie. And uh, that movie, watching that for the first time, I was uncomfortable. I didn't watch it in a theater. Obviously, it was too young. But being able watching that movie made me feel like awful about us human beings as much as that. This little do- as funny. Th- as much as as this There's one a has. Link. And yeah. so um, it's it's great how the the two top probably directors probably ever mm-hmm. now probably yeah. have have linked our most like worst parts you know showing us the ugliest side yeah and then they put it on film now they're gonna send out to space and then aliens gonna attack us squirrels are gonna like invade us and (laughs) and then they're gonna like tell us how much i thought you said squirrels (laughs) squirrels. so yeah i one thing about this movie is is how intense of a personal dilemma and how things were ignored not just by our government but and but watching the struggle between the scientists and the politicians. And, and the politicians. And, which I'm, sh- I'm sure is still happening. And yeah, and I oh, give. Yeah. Especially I, with the global warming. Global, and yeah. The planet's doing like. And COVID and shit. Co- yeah. yeah. And I give, I, I will tell you, I'll give Albert Einstein like the props for just staying out of Bowing all that. Out. Yeah, just saying, fuck all you guys. Like, this is not what we need to be doing. His character was so aloof. I loved it. I loved oh, it. Yeah. Hey, Oppie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just staring I loved at a it. pond. Yeah. Genius. <laughs> but it's so interesting. What, you just like, caught me staring at a pond. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the rain. It's so interesting to me to watch these historical figures actually meet. Like, not. I never really thought that they would all know each other like this. You know, these yeah. kind of really top in human beings that are one of a kind actually like talking and having like side conversations, which is part of the reason that Strauss had such a awful hate towards Oppenheimer at the end. He misunderstood. I I didn't think they were going to reveal what that was, like that conversation they had. I thought it was going to be actually and how he started this whole thing and conspiracy thing. And then you got communism in the beginning, which is really intense already. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many people back then were already starting to get persecuted, like, you know, yeah. unjustly. And then um, I think a hard part for me in that movie is why I love Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt is one of my favorite actresses. Dude, she crushed it. Yeah, she did. I hated her. We got to talk about like the cast yeah, in well, a second. Cause that, I'll start that's with like her. a whole nother fucking segment. Yeah, I'll start with her. I, I will tell you, I, I love her all the time. I did hate her for like a minute because of the way she, she treated She was supposed to be hateable. Yeah, like, and I fucking hate I was like, dude, kid. you're oh, making yeah. me hate. Like, I don't want to watch this. Like, oh, I don't yeah. want to watch. Oh, and yeah. then at the end, she just turned it around and I'm like, okay. But like, that's acting a, though. An acting performance though? Yeah. Like, act- the fact that you hated the character, oh, I feel like is like, oh, she's fucking crushing I took I took because a lot of times what happens in movies for me is if they're too famous I can't I can't get that out of my mind like uh, this isn't like a real movie I'm not gonna get sucked in you're too famous yeah and that didn't happen with any of these characters here who were all super famous no Florence Pug's character was really intense yeah she was fucked up every time he brought her flowers she just throws them in the trash yeah bro Florence Pugh yeah. yeah Intense. Intense. She's a fucking smoke show. Oh, and I, just, yeah. <laughs> and I just like, like at one point in the movie, I was waiting for it. at one point in the movie, I was about to get, I was about to just like be like, this movie sucks because like there was like one part where like our main character, Oppie was like, you know, dating Florence Pugh's character, like with this girl or whatever. And then 
I forget what it was, but it, it was just like, oh, it does. It's not going to work. And then I think it was when she, he met Emily Blunt's character. Mm-hmm. And the, but Florence Pugh was like there, and then he was like telling Florence about it, and he was like, "Oh yeah, like I have this new girl. She wasn't married with a kid yet or anything." And I and then Florence was like, "So you're just gonna leave me? Like what the fuck?" And I just remember watching that scene and thinking, "You lost me. <laughs> <laughs> you lost me here because it's not realistic. I'm sorry. Like I just feel like I mean I thought it what was. What are we talking about? Like you're gonna leave Florence Pugh? It was perfectly no, realistic. She not. was so damaged and she was so troubled that like." He wanted to leave her because he had to, but like he also said, "Whenever you call, I'll answer." Like this does not close the door. Like I'm still addicted. So I yeah. think that it, which broke him at the end, right? Yeah. yeah, he was broken, and that was yeah, probably that my favorite him. part that Emily Blunt did. Besides the yeah, interrogation, that was, that was mm-hmm. big. When she just grabs him, like you don't get to make terrible decisions, then make us feel sorry for you. Get it together. Yeah, like, yeah. And then when he referenced her, when he's about to put her on the stand, like we've been through fire together, like. She's a fucking savage. Like, mm-hmm. put her on the stand. She'll be fine. And then she started smoking that yeah, guy. Yeah, that yeah. dickhead lawyer. Yeah. Like, she was just putting no, him in his place. Amazing. I don't like, I don't like your phrasing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, she did great. I she love, did better than everybody else. That was yeah. a great-ass character she did. And uh, Oppenheimer's wife. And the whole handshake thing was, like, almost like, cla- like you want to clap? Like, she was like, fuck you, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, I got more testes than my husband. So yeah. don't even think that you're going to come over here and shake my hand. Which is a, a thing to talk about Oppenheimer as a person himself realizing that he was kind of like for how much smart he is and how much what he did to the planet he was kind of an aloof person you know what i mean he was kind of like hey whatever you know just my job is to do this and okay i'll build the bomb whatever yeah you know what you're all attacking me whatever you know like you know it's like i feel like in that moment he it he wasn't like being aloof he was more like i think he wanted to be a martyr like you I think he of, like he was trying to of, be like I just yeah, felt like, like he was I like I kind of feel like he was like choosing to go through with the uh, I almost want to say it's not an experiment choosing to go through with like the court fucking fiasco yeah. when he didn't have to but I think he wanted to be martyred because his whole like from that point forward after he dropped the bomb on Hiroshima and Nagasaki his whole life was revolving around like atomic. You know, it was anti anti atomic weapons. Yeah. yeah, like he made a lifetime about mm-hmm. that, and I felt like at the end he just thought like, look, if they just publicly decimate me, then it kind of makes me a legend almost. Yeah, I think because there was like yeah. a conversation that he had with Emily Blunt's character about it, and she like told him that she was like, "You think that if you become a martyr, it's gonna save you Let or make you feel better? You. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. but it's not. And it's just said, fucking we'll up see. our family. And he said, exactly, we'll see. exactly. And I think the whole thing was it was calculated. It was a long con, but also he's a theorist. He does not hop to one side or the other like everything he looks at both sides and he never is too assertive in either direction like that's his entire persona it's his entire career like he wanted to create the atomic bomb but he kept saying like what they do with it is not our power not our decision like i want to see if it's doable like they, he just wants to like see what is possible but never commit either way so i think that he was just seeing what could happen by being neutral like, like the an entire experiment? fucking time in a way because I think that's, that's crazy just, that's how his mind works like he was yeah, neutral that's like, that's like a whole nother layer through to the this. entire time and like he's like we'll see what happens and then at the end I think that him and Albert but he took a stand like after he dropped the bomb to Nagasaki. He took a stand because I think that balanced out his initial decision, so now he's back in the middle. And, like, that's what drove Robert Downey Jr. so insane. Is like, he did this, and then he did this so he could be the martyr and be in the middle of it. Like, he can't have the feet on both sides of the fence. And yeah. I think his conversation with Albert was really interesting because he's like, eventually you're going to get to see, you're gonna be destroyed. 
and then they're going to wait and then they're going to reward you and say all these things about you. But just know it's not for you. It's for them. Yeah. And also one of the biggest things was really they really didn't need the bomb. I mean, was Japan really going to win and take over the United States or anything like that? No, they, it was just The a, war was over. I didn't realize that either. That's mm-hmm. how much school I took and paid attention. I did not so realize. That's how, how much they taught you. Yeah. I mean, they don't tell you that shit. Yeah, but the war was literally over. And you're you're still bombing for what purpose? And then Truman, when he comes to his fucking office, just gives him his little <laughs> which was get him pocket square. Get the, don't ever let that crybaby yeah. in my office again. Fu- which was played by uh, what a fucking dickhead. Which was played by the amazing. Um, um, there is a piece of that though, because like Oppenheimer is like, I feel like I have blood on my hands, and, yeah. like, and I get that. He's not the one that the world outside of America fucking hates. Like Truman's the one that the world. That's out of true. Truman hates. is. I He's have like, heard that. Before, and I kind of yeah. get this to like. Truman has to carry that, not Oppie. I mean, he did have a point with that. Yeah, because he's like, he's like I dropped the bomb. Give a shit about you. Yeah. Like, they're going to care about Gary me. Gary Oldman. That was Gary Oldman. It was like, it was almost, really? That was Gary Oldman. Oh, my God. I was wondering who that was. It I, was hard to recognize. Yeah. But it's like, I, this is my burden to carry. Mm-hmm. Fuck you for thinking it's yours. Yeah, yeah. I'm the star kinda, of the war. I kind of yeah. get that. From an ego standpoint, I totally get that. Yeah. But also, like, fame for it. Like, yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. But he was a dick about it for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's intense. I will tell you it's intense and uh, I don't know if that's a movie you can watch again but it's definitely a movie I mean, that you need to watch. Give it, it a few years. I, I'll watch I will it. wait I'm a year. I can't watch it, it like I watched the Batman movie though. Like I, no, I I'd love to ten- watch that like I think that eventually hopefully we're kind of moving that direction but driving movies are coming back. I would that'd love be a driving great movie. drive-in fucking movie to watch like outside yeah. just with the huge screen. Yeah. Um, we got to talk about the scene in the gym after they drop the bomb and they're celebrating and he's giving his speech to the town of uh, Los Alamos. Is that yeah. Los Alamos. Los Alamos. Yeah, good job. That fucking scene shook me how well that was done. How, how many that. scenes can you think of in a movie where there's very little dialogue and you can get all of that? Like, you know exactly what he's thinking, what he's feeling in the moment, like how it's feeling to be in a room where the crowd is going crazy, but you can't even fucking hear them because you're in, like, you're in, you're not present. Yeah. I just feel like from a cinematography standpoint, it just, that is fucking genius. Like, so much of this movie is genius, but that's like a great call out because that's one of them. Oh, yeah. That's, and they set you up for that because. It, or a little bit earlier, you hear the stomping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, like, set His you up for that scene. The like, the audio of this movie yeah. was so... It's got like to win a Grammy. A, or a, is it Grammy? You know, oh, this no, is it's going to win an Oscar for oh, sure. Oh, dude. It has to. Oscar. Easy. The score was phenomenal. Yeah. Was that Hans Zimmer in the score? Oh, man. Ludwig Garanson. Oh, is that... Oh, that's from the Joker. Uh, Ludwig. Oh, you know. Ludwig... Didn't Ludwig do the Joker or something of that nature? Whatever. It was intense. That was intense. And like just like the immediate just rush of sound in those explosion moments, even when it's just like cheers coming and applause coming like out of nowhere, it just shook me. And then what's the actor's name that played uh, Freddie Mercury and I Ro- or Mr. Robot that came in? That he was Hale. Ravi Malik? Yeah. <laughs> Rami. Rami. Rami, yeah. just his character at the end. Like I loved his character throughout the entire movie. David Lee Hill. Every time he walked in, fucking Oppie just like knocks him away and his pen falls and his clipboard falls. Yeah. <laughs> like just, like, like he notes. definitely like disregarded him as <laughs> yeah, a person. He doesn't say anything. He's just taking notes, looking all like super like frail. And then he comes in and just fucking completely puts Strauss on his ass. Yeah. Okay, Bro, God. let's like go Everybody's through this, in this real quick. Killian Murphy, Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr., Alden N. Rich, Scott Grimes, Jason Clark, Kirk Colner, Tony Goldwyn, John Goins. I just feel like Peck is in this. Yeah, Josh Peck was the one that pressed the button. 
Yep. Drake and Josh. I just love I, lo- I love sitting next to Jordan because he's like ah and starts laughing. Right. <laughs> Every time. Oh, he's like ah. Yeah. Casey Affleck. Yep. Yeah, Casey, who's like the badass? Yeah. Matthew Modine was in there. I mean, you got some people definitely from Dark Knight. Michael. Uh, I just Angarolo. feel like it, it, at at this point, I feel like Christopher Nolan just kind of like sends out like a mass email blast, like I'm making another movie. People come pounding, and on then everybody door. is just like, yeah. <laughs> like every single person in Hollywood is like, oh please, me, 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 me. Like I want to be in it. I want to be in it. Like, I would I, totally be in that. I just feel like he's that guy now. Like and, I, I don't yeah. know. There's really no one else in the world that is like at Christopher Nolan's. Like this movie is like we haven't got to Matt Damon. Like my oh, God. I forgot about Matt Damon. That's How my do you forget actor? about Matt Damon? Oh, so good. He was I love so Matt good. Damon. Yeah. He's my favorite actor too. Aren't you worried what about his discretion fuck? while he's out there? I have him fucking killed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love Matt Damon. Yeah, he was so dry. It's yeah, yeah, dude. All right, so let's give it a rating because we gotta we gotta go to our next segments. But um, I'll start. I I think I give it a I give it a hundred. I give it a perfect score. Oh wow! Wow! I gave it a ten. I did. There was one thing that I I tried to find something I didn't like about this movie, and I thought it'd be dry or dull. And at the beginning, when there was all talking about fucking atoms and science, I was like, I'm not going to be able to keep up with this shit. <laughs> it didn't help that we missed the first five minutes of the movie, Jr. But as soon as well, I got had into to get popcorn. it, as soon as I got into it and realized what was happening, I was like, I was addicted to every fucking line of dialogue. Every moment, every, every line. backstabbing potential and what who's yeah, behind dude. this. And like, it was so well done. I, I, I gave it a perfect score. I'm going to have to, like, I was going to give it like a 9.678. I'm going to go with Jordan. I'm going to go 10. I honestly Ooh. was gonna give it a nine, but I'm gonna give it a ten. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Because like, because like earlier today, well, actually, uh, yeah, one of these days, I I was talking to um, my mom about it, and she was like, "What would you give it?" And I gave it a nine in that conversation. Yeah, but after talking about it more in depth mm-hmm. and listening to you guys and your your opinions, I just think like it's not a nine. Like it's a it's it's better than that. It's yeah. a ten. I mean, we're talking about this is one of the best movies we've ever seen. Yeah. And it's like a unanimous we're all in agreement. We've been here for thirty minutes and I feel like we could talk yeah. more about it. Yep. You know, so it it's, did what it's supposed to do. We went and watched it as friends and we enjoyed it as friends. And there's so like you have a debate it's about it. To your ribs yeah, afterwards, like that's dude. that's like, a great movie. Like you can debate and you can learn things. I learned things from hearing you guys, like that's that's what a movie's about. For yeah. me, it's always great seeing movies about history because I never pay attention to history. I love, so I'm I love things all I the time. I love nonfiction. I love all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. What we got on Rotten Tomatoes, Z? We got internet issues. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We got the audience score at 93. Okay. Uh, excuse me. Audience score at 91. Critic score at 93. Okay. So lower than us. Not sure. Not sure about that one, guys. What's the description? What's the reasoning? Uh, let's see. Too long. <laughs> Oppenheimer marks another engrossing achievement from Christopher Nolan that benefits from Murphy's tour de force performance and stunning visuals. That's a critic. So they just didn't want to. Oppenheimer give it is an intelligent movie about an in- this audience about an important topic that's never lost, never less than powerfully acted and incredibly entertaining. That's like a ten comment. I feel like the rating is like we can't keep having Christopher Nolan win. It's like it's like the the classic like LeBron you know, argument. Yeah, like we're not gonna keep fucking voting LeBron MVP even though he's 
yeah. the best yeah. and been the best. Yeah. It's just like we got to give somebody else the award. It's that's some, what it, that's what it feels like end. to me. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely is. He's definitely one of the top directors. He made me cry in Interstellar. Did you guys cry in Interstellar? I don't. No, I don't cry. Okay, you cried. So yeah, I don't cry either. I, okay, so we all cried in Interstellar. <laughs> so that's that's a good director. He's a great director. All right. Well, thank you for listening to us. Pour our hearts out of it. That's no one heads. Blow uh, our hearts up. Boom. We'll be right back after this. Well, I get what you did there. This episode is brought to you by our friends and family at Action City Comics who have been with us from the very beginning. Love you guys. Uh, they have our picture up on the wall in there from 2000 and whenever. That's how long they've been with us. Forgot about that. Um, yeah. And uh, if anybody wants to know where the, you can look for them on Instagram, Facebook. they got a new Facebook group coming out where you can do auctions, exclusive books. Um and, uh, yeah, we, we love them to death, and we appreciate them. So, Federal Way, Washington. Go say hi to my best friend, Doug. Yeah, Doug. Love you, Action City. And we're back, and we are going to talk a little secret invasion. This is just like riding a bike, you know? It is. Mm-hmm. Um, and along with secret invasion about weird aliens morphing into humans. Oh, I like the cans. See? Look yeah. at that. Nice. Zach chose the beers today, and they are going well with the suit. So Drecker Brewing Co. brings us Metaphase. Uh, Drecker is a brewery out of the one and only Fargo, North Dakota, where we all have been in love, I imagine. Yes? Love yes. that place. Yes. I have not been there. You've never, you never lived, my friend. So I need to go. I want to go to, De- I yes go to Deadwood. Yes, and. Yeah. I, have, I have never been to Fargo. But Drecker Brewing Co. Yes, can, dude. Create and destroy... That's our process, and it's what we believe. (laughs) (laughs) Create experiences and destroy expectations. Crank up the good. Turn down the suck. We're just a band of misfits, hell-bent on creating a community and having a good time doing it. Dude, I want to hang out with these guys. I know, right? They sound pretty rad. We should hit them up and interview them. Yeah, Yeah, bro. We should. Shout out to Drecker. And look at this can. I feel like we need to put this can on on our Instagram. Let's take some pictures, which we never do about anything. Nightmares about this can. This is intense. This is like a 70s horror film or 80s horror film can for sure. Um, so it's a double IPA. Thick boy. It's got Citra and Nelsa, Nelson Savin hops and then house IPA yeast. Have you popped it yet, Zach? Have you tried it? I haven't tried it yet. I'll it's try this it's one. It's got a milky lemonade Down the hatch. Ooh, that is... Ooh. That is a... Uh, that's a double IPA. That's a double IPA. <laughs> you want to try it from here? Yeah, I'm sure. He wants to. Tra- he wants to taste your taste buds. <sighs> oh yeah, some Zach DNA. Mm-hmm. It's good. I like it. It's 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 creamy and it's you know fruity, and it's Woo. a thick boy. <laughs> it's just it's Woo. just <laughs> it, mm. it's just that it's been a it's been a minute. You know, I've been a I've been a dad. I've been out here like a <laughs> lot of water, you know, hydrating, <laughs> sleeping well. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. Been a minute since I've had a, a double IPA. Ooh, that is tasty. And it kind of punches yeah. you in the mouth a little bit. Yeah, it gets you know it's it's aggressive. I feel like it kind of like smothers you with a pillow. Like you can't breathe, but you it's, you like it's it. Calm. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's calming. Yo, what the fuck? That's the that's the vibe I'm getting from this. You can't breathe, but it's like calm. Like yeah. it's like yeah, it's I'm just I'm, chill. The suffocate, but just if you relax, go. like it's almost like you're falling asleep. It's like freezing to death. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Mm. 
So are we gonna get to like what it tastes like, or are we just gonna throw these like metaphors out? Well, it definitely, it's definitely got like almost like a pineapple to me, like something a little, like, bit. A little sweet and fruity. Yeah, it's hazy. I yeah. think it's like I don't know if it would consider itself hazy. I don't know if it said that, but it it to me it has that like kind of fruit forward, sweet like kind of I don't know how to say this front taste. I want a little more bitter beginning to to my to my palate if I'm yeah. if I'm gonna drink a lot of these, but for one of them it's good. And it's a it's a thick boy for it's a sure. Thick boy, all right. But it's J- good. Jr. It's good. Talk about Nick Fury being old and angry. Um, Nick Fury is super old and he's super pissed. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> all right, we'll be right back. After this. <laughs> um, well, you know this. The thing about the show, and I think about did we say the show's name in this? Yeah, Secret Invasion. Secret invasion. Okay. Um, and the thing about the actual like comic is. Is it's not like Nick Fury is like the main purpose in the comic, you know, like the main guy. It, the reason I'm gonna tell this right away, I don't like Secret Invasion. I hated its storyline. It's so much. It's so big. You don't know what's what. Everybody becomes a scroll at some point, you know, and mm-hmm. it gets really immersive. And it's one of the biggest like uh, crossover titles that you would probably read, even more than um, I think the, the Civil War one might be a little bit bigger, but. Um, so it's kind of hard to want to watch that show too and, and watch Nick Fury. One, I love Samuel L. Jackson, so don't get me wrong. I think he's great, and I think he does a great Nick Fury. He's probably the only Nick Fury that we should ever have. But um, and this, and this, I thought this Nick Fury in particular was like kind of cool. Yeah, he was kind of rugged, grizzled, yeah. grizzled, rugged. With the be- he had a beard at first, and with the like scars, and I thought, oh, this is fucking cool. Yeah, and then he went to the goatee, and I was like, well, I don't know who's he went back to that yeah. was, but not a good one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, just like his overall kind of like outlaw, yeah, grizzled he's kind of on the outskirts. Like I kind of yeah. felt th- I was like, I'm rocking with this Nick Fury. He wasn't like the clean cut leather mm-hmm. Nick Fury. He was like he was in the mix of rough it, and tumble. which is like I, I said, a little cool. bit different than the than the books. But he was. Uh, I think if I'm gonna do this Secret Invasion, you know, you you got Nick Fury versus the world on this one, mm-hmm. and because the world has been invaded by scrolls. And he actually helped scrolls come to Earth, right? And kind of gave them like this. Um, um, I just realized that's why it's called Secret Invasion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good. And uh, obviously, Got the it. scrolls, we've talked about them a little bit before. You know, they, they are uh, this race that kind of was almost like eliminated uh, within by, you know, other races in space. You know, so you deal a lot of with, with Thanos, you deal a lot of with. Um, uh, Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy deal with them a lot, so they're here on Earth. And is they- that what eliminated them, Thanos? No, it, it, or is it Colossus? It was um, the Kree race is what yeah. went after them. So, oh, the Kree race, Jude yeah. Law, Jude Law went after. Oh, okay, them. yeah, like okay. the Marvels. Yeah, that's why they're in the the Marvel movie. Oh, got it. Um, got it, got it. But and then you know, they're here on Earth, and they've been here for a very long time. And you know, obviously, they're shapeshifters. And and in this show, they they added the uh, I've seen this before in the comics where they added this ability to become stronger than what they are, and able to not just mimic skin and appearances, but also mimic powers. Yeah, and super scroll, super scroll. And um, there's one guy I forget his name now, but he definitely he could do like all four Fantastic Four in one. Was like, it Gravik? Was it, I think maybe it was Gravik. Well, Gravik was in the show that did it. Yeah, but he, he like you could have he could have the thing's arm and one arm is the human torch and then he can stretch and then he can turn. Well, when they were doing that stuff, yeah, I mean, and I think that that was wasn't that a big Fantastic Four villain? 
was Super Scroll. They yeah, because he he imitated one of them at some point, and then was able to to get the ability of all four. Yeah, and then yeah, because then I'm telling you, everybody was a scroll at one point. Every fucking superhero <laughs> and you're reading and you're like fuck this isn't a real superhero and that drives me nuts you know because it's just like oh let's just give a twister and don't get me wrong it's written by the most brilliant right uh, comic book writer ever which is brian michael bendis created miles morales you know the amazing ultimate universe guy um but it's just it's a really um it's really convoluted story to me and so secret. yeah it was like a detective noir like who is who who's mm-hmm. who, who's who's what they say they are like the entire time roadie was a scroll and i think that they announced that roadie was a scroll all the way back to civil war is what they're saying um yeah from the timeline that's standpoint. what i saw too yeah that he's just oh shit i thought that that was like a scroll that was uh imitating him so you're saying that the entire time that character Rhodey was a scroll. All the no, Rhodey's yeah, all the, but Rhodey was obviously Rhodey. He was just you know captured and they mimicking him since then. Yeah, so when he got blasted out of the sky, scrolls have been and in they the thought he died. Country since the eighties. Yeah, yeah, right, because that's when uh, Captain Marvel movie was in the eighties. Yeah, so uh, Nick Fury helped him come come in here, and then slowly they've been in, in, you know throughout right, in, but specifically for Rhodey, has that character been a scroll? The entire time? Just in Civil War. So, so yeah, so the last two Avenger movies, mm-hmm. uh, when he's walking around, like he broke his back, mm-hmm. all that. Scroll. Scroll. So that's... And not just any scroll, he's like a female that. scroll too. It was a... Uh, oh, really? It was a female. That's what fucks with you, is like you don't, you never know who's who. It's like Invasion of the Body Snatchers yes, kind of shit. and I hate it. I hated it. I did like whack. Invasion of the Body Snatchers is dope. I like that movie, but I'm just saying like in the in, as a comic book reader and you're trying to like get in like sucked into a story and then you're just like fuck uh, same basically the same plot twist over and over and yeah. over and over yeah. and over so just a lot of twists and turns and i will say like even though it had all those twists and turns at least for me like i saw exactly what was coming yeah i kind of did i mean it like, wasn't the most exciting no when Amelia clark ended up being nick fury impersonating at the like it was like yeah i, I definitely knew that was happening like he's just gonna get beaten to shit by gravik like no He's gonna have all these powers. Gonna be fucking Amelia Clark impersonating him. Yeah, it was. It wasn't that big of a. Of a and twist you, you saw Amelia Clark being the one that like took the. Because she what had was it called the extremist. No, the the serum that gave yeah. her like all the powers. Oh, yeah. of it. Well, what when was she that called? Got, when uh, this is some super serum or super scroll serum. I don't know. But when she when she got shot and then she sat up like she wasn't dead. You knew that she took the serum, and so like okay, so she's as powerful as Gravik. Yeah, that's the extremist. The uh, like, if you remember. Um, Iron Man 3, the movie, right? Remember how that guy had created that where you can regenerate your body? Yeah. With, yeah, so that's what that is. Yeah. Uh, Which is in the Iron Man comic. It wasn't uh, Christian Slater, but the actor, I can't remember his fucking name, it reminds me of Christian Slater, but he's not Christian Slater. Uh, anyways, that uh, that twist at the end, I didn't see, I didn't, like, wasn't surprised. Um, I thought it was, it was interesting the to harvest. watch. The harvest. The harvest. Yeah, it's like all the powers in one. Yeah, so the harvest is a serum that has every Avengers power and and beyond every like superhero's power all in one in one serum. I don't remember it being called that in the comic. And Amelia Clark the takes the harvest, and so then she gets every power of every single. So then in that moment, Amelia Clark essentially becomes the most powerful being in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Which like, is she's a, now God. Which basically. is what I'm interested in because Fantastic Four is coming. And I know that Super Scroll was a Fantastic Four major villain, so I wonder if those are going to cross paths. Because now that they're trying to connect it, you mean this I is their so. connection? Are, are we so. like certain Fantastic Four is coming? I sure. think they announced uh, the actors. I thought. Well, here's my thing though. Then because if if we know for sure Fantastic Four is coming, 
Why didn't they like tease Fantastic Four in this movie or in this show? As like characters, if the Super Scroll, like why didn't they like make an appearance, a cameo? Maybe it's an option. Anything. Was Secret Invasion, but that was like recorded last year, right? Secret Invasion was recorded this year, and then this year's when Fantastic Four was. Well, that's announced. poor fucking plan. Like I just, I'm this sorry. This is how I'm Disney's sorry. been doing I'm, it, I'm, though. It's like I know, but like I'm look. Let's go to the Disney platform. Let's I don't. I don't want to. I really Disney. don't. I don't want to do that <laughs> because I feel like support. we've done support. it a lot, and so like I'm literally in my mind saying like Zach, don't get on your fucking Disney pedestal. <laughs> so I'm not going to do that, but I am going to like be like about this show, critical about this because I think the show sucked, and I think that it had potential to be cool. I think there's cool elements of there it. Is I cool like Samuel Jackson. Yeah, I think that Amelia Clark being like a god character sucks. Yeah, but if if that's the position if that's like the point of her like taking the harvest and becoming that character mm-hmm. being like a fantastic four villain why are we not like introducing the or teasing fantastic four having a cameo at least building hype for like what's happening next because they didn't like they didn't do any of that well so, maybe it's not what's happening i'm just i'm just and if, it's, if it's not what's happening then what what are we doing now we just have an amelia clark god character in the mcu that we're just gonna <laughs> deal with, deal with, like what the fuck maybe she'll come up you in know the what marvels. i mean though like what what is what planning is this i guess is my yeah. question maybe I, she comes up in the marvels i don't know i don't think they're like the guy who who ran all this is no longer there right um what was his name the guy oh uh, i mean um the director what's his name that was that's the other good director the james guy, gunn james gunn James but, Gunn's left to DC. Yeah, he, but he was—he wasn't running. He—he he did phase Captain Marvel. Or no, but he yeah. did phase uh, three. three, which is the—he connected all the, the best dots. One, yeah, the best he phase. connected all the dots. Yeah. Now you have this guy who's not there, connecting all the dots for you, and who's connecting the dots? Some Fig, is it Fig? Kevin Fig? Maybe. I mean, he's behind it at all, isn't he? But he—I don't think he connected any of the dots. Yeah. Look, I just think it sucks, and I think that there it was poor planning. And I think it is poor planning. I think there was good elements, but I think they they missed an opportunity yeah. to like really build some hype in the MCU. And because of that, this is, to, in my opinion, shocking up as like another MCU dud. Yeah, and I just feel like if you keep like, I'm honestly past the point. Like, I'm not feeling like if you keep, I'm I'm. Beyond that, but we do this podcast, so I watch these shows. <laughs> well, even when we put this on the docket, it's like, God damn it. Yeah, I was not and excited. And it wasn't always like that, but now like it is because it's like, it bro, now, these yeah. MCU fucking movies and shows are terrible. And I really think we're in a critical moment. Here we go. Now we're talking about Disney again. <laughs> but I, I've been hearing through the grapevine that Disney might be selling. Like, Disney might sell, like, their entire IP to, to, Sony? to Apple. To Apple. Ooh. Yeah. Like, Apple might just buy Disney all up. Parks, fucking movies, shows, the whole fucking, like, Bob Iger basically left Disney, came back because they begged, they begged him. Because they were like, I need, like, we have nobody to, to lead Disney. Bob Iger came back, and he's just looking to cash out. So, why not he, make and a he's couple also, billion? He's also done interviews that talks about how, like, when he left, like, there was a business kind of... Uh, strategy for Disney that was basically like, all right, we're gonna take Star Wars, we're gonna take Marvel, and we're just gonna pound the pavement with it. We're just gonna like pound it into the ground and make money. Like it's gonna be unlimited money for us. And they went down that hole, that path, and it's been terrible for them. Like they basically just absolutely diminished the value of these these two kind of franchise titles to the point where like we are not on an island anymore about how we feel about MCU. If you get on like 
Reddit oh, threads no. or anything like everybody is like, dude, it's, this shit is it's terrible. Not great. No, like Disney taking over Star Wars and, and Marvel has been the worst thing for those those franchises. And Bob Iger is openly talking about it in an interview. Like he, he, this is I know this is the opinion. I know this is where we're at. And at you know the interviewer at the, at one point asked Bob Iger like, so what's the plan? Like, are you gonna keep you know moving forward as you've been, or are you gonna like kind of change direction? And and he was like, oh, we're absolutely not gonna move forward as we've been. Like we're gonna. So something massive is going to change. Well, that and I don't the- know if that's going to be like way less Marvel IP, like the, the, the you know, I guess canceling of phase four as planned and, and, you know, one like or the full ass selling of Disney to Apple. But I mean, if Jonathan Abrams gets canceled, they kind of have to cancel phase four because if fucking Kang isn't the conqueror anymore. That's true. What are you going to do? Like they're fucked. That's a, that's another that's a whole nother angle because he I mean, he's fucked. Yeah, if he's fucked and they can't use him, they're fucked. Like I actually don't know what his status is right now. Like from the trial standpoint, it's gotten quiet. Yeah. It's gotten quiet. Yeah, it's gotten quiet. So I don't know about that. But that's another. That's a whole. Yeah, but thing. Disney's always been. No matter what, they don't. They'll always. They'll cancel you right away, even if it's like. The that's bare why minimum. I think that it. Not that that's not why, but I think if Disney does sell Marvel and whatever they're selling, I to, think like I mean the best possible thing. Let for me Marvel. just like be clear. I don't think Disney's selling Marvel. I think Disney is selling Disney. Like Disney is literally handing the keys over to Apple and like cashing out. Well, that's for the whole fucking company. If that happens, that's the best possible thing for Marvel because no longer are we going to have this fucking plush approach to every Marvel movie ever. Right, like, you'll get that deep you'll cut. Get some edge. I will say though too also Apple TV right now is on exactly. fucking it's amazing. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. Apple thriving. TV is like the best stream like in my right now the best streaming service out there. Have yeah. you started watching Silo yet? Oh dude, I already finished it. Yeah, now, and I'm already like three fourths through the book. Have you seen Severance? Yep. Oh watch that too. Dude, there's so you, much there's good so shit much out there. fire ass shit on there. Did you watch Steph Curry's uh documentary? No. Okay. Got one. I got one. Morning show. Morning show is great. Morning show. No, the season comes out September 14th. I bet you this is great audio for our audience. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's rank Secret Invasion <laughs> and get on to the next segment. So, Secret Invasion, I give it a 5.6. That's fucking high. You don't give it a 5.6, you fucking... God, your ratings suck, dude. <laughs> you don't give it a 5.6. You're telling Tell me, me how you really feel. You're telling me that out of 10, you think it was, like, average? Like, yeah. average. Not below average, but average. So like, what what does average do? Like the Office, the Office, yeah, office like is great. Friends, Ted Lasso. What is, it? Like, what is an you're average show? Great for... things. What are you talking about? <laughs> what is an average? What's show an for average you? show for you? An average X-Files? show for X Files is uh, X Files is not average. It's some some episodes are. Because um, basically, you're telling me this is slightly above average, and I don't think that's actually how you feel. I don't think you named any average shows just now. You named a lot of classics. Well, I can't think of an average show. <laughs> an average show would be like fucking How I Met Your Mother. And if we're talking like just uh, I've never seen that show. And I'd say Big Bang Theory is below average. Maybe this is a Big Bang Theory show level, so I'll, I'll give it fine. My I'll, point I'll, exactly, lower, I'll lower my, my rating point exactly. to a 4.5. Thank you. Okay. Right. That makes below more sense. Below average. Below average. Because 5 is like a, a tank to me. But, no. See, that's, if I five feel like is, you need to rethink that. That's what I'm saying. Like okay. 5 should be your if average. 5 is average, because if you're thinking on a grading scale, 5 is a fucking F. We're not so, on a grading scale. This uh, is movie or critics now. Dude. Okay. <laughs> right. For IMDb, this is a it's, four point five. Yeah, we new IMDb. Uh, I was gonna give it a four. Okay, I, I mean I respect that. I was. I, I also feel like you guys are being too. I, I just can't. To me, like it's not like I didn't enjoy parts of it. Like I enjoyed parts of it. It, it to me like a one 
start trash can. <laughs> I'm not doing that, but I'm just saying like just, five is Panther. average. No, it's a Black Panther. It, it isn't that, but I it, it, I have God, to like I I have to no. like um absolutely hate it and like can't be like like I was able to watch the show and and enjoy parts of it and and still like okay this is cool like we're a moment where I'm like okay this got better and then I'm like no it did not get better oh that's better you know so it wasn't like it was anything that bad so I think a four is great just because it does deserve some credence with with Samuel Jackson and and some of the other actors and um, the cinema on there is always it looked pretty good you know it was very very spy like very dark very you know um, very much in, in, in that mix and um, it was only six episodes too so it wasn't like a fucking 10 13 long yeah, fucking thing God. so it was really quick so that, I think <laughs> a four is great pros yeah. column <laughs> is that it was only six episodes it was only six <laughs> episodes so I think that's good I mean I, I, it's not the worst show I have watched some really bad shows and like I can't even get through it like I can't I have to stop after like three or four or even sometimes like I watch Castle and I got through like season five I'm like fuck this. Five seasons, oh Jesus, that's yeah. an investment. Well, the first four were good, and then all of a sudden it just goes. Yeah. So. All right, lay it on, Zach. All right, so heavy hitter here. I think Samuel Jackson did a good job, and I liked this version of of, uh, of Nick Fury. Nick Fury. I think that Gravik was compelling. He was in Barbie from an acting movie. He, he was, was in Barbie. Barbie yeah. Um, I liked him. I like him as an actor, and I think he did a good job of portraying a villain that. Anarchist made sense. I mean, I, I used to love these villains that like had like a reason why and everything, but like I just feel like Disney has like kind of caught on to that like fucking mm-hmm. that blueprint and just keeps stamping that person out, and so less exciting for me now. But I think the actor did a good job. I like it. Like I just like seeing Amelia Clark and stuff. I feel like she's that's it's cool that she ended up like being the kind of person in the show that Disney was kind of putting their chips on. I hate how they did it. And I hate the, the fact that she's now all powerful. And you know how I feel about that. You know how I feel about fucking silver surfer (laughs) and fucking, I fucking Captain Marvel. Like I, I just can't stand it. So I hate how they did that, but I like that it's Amelia Clark. And I think it's cool that she's like working on something like this. Um, there were moments that I felt like the pacing and the like cinematography made sense mm-hmm. um, from like a spy perspective, and I thought you know it was entertaining. Generally, overall, I just don't like how it ended. I don't like the direction it's putting the MCU. Um, I hated like the decisions, the major decisions that they made with the characters, with the powers, the harvest, all that shit. So I'm in three. One thing There's I will things say, that I liked, but most of it I, d- I just really didn't like. So I'm giving it a three. One thing I will say that makes me pissed off as well, just about everything you said. They're like, should we just call your friends? He's like, no. You want a bunch of super-powered scrolls running around here? He had the harvest the entire time. Like, it's the exact same fucking thing. Like, you're giving him the powers anyways. Why not call in your super friends to stop this? Like, there was just... Oh, yeah. You couldn't exactly. afford to bring him into the cast, so you didn't want to call him in. Right. Like, that reasoning was such yeah. bullshit. Like, like, why don't you just call the Avengers to yeah. deal with this? No, because then look at their powers. But here's here's their powers anyways. Like, fuck that whole entire storyline. Yeah. So. That pretty much, like, undercuts the, the entire rest of the story. Yeah, exactly. So All that's right. how we feel. And uh, yeah, we'll be right back. Wait, are we going to do Rotten Tomato? Oh, shit. You're right. We just wanted to get out of here. <laughs> just trying to get the fuck out, man. Fudge. Let's see Rotten Tomato. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh... God, not a great show and not a great uh, book. Fuck. All right. So we have the critic score at 54%. 
and the audience score at 50%. Both pretty shitty. So I said 5.6, and that was the closest, but 4.6. I'll leave it there. I don't know, man. I didn't like it. but I didn't like it either. Here we are. That's the lowest Here score I think I've ever given on one of these shows. And on that note, goodbye. We'll be right back. Hello, Hopheads. We just want to take a quick moment to shout out our friends over at Hops Geek News. Hoppy Mommy and Mash have a podcast where they drink beer as well, and turns out they talk about nerd shit. So if you're enjoying this, you'll enjoy them. Uh, you can find them on the Hops News platform, anywhere you can find podcasts. And I uh, think when we went toe-to-toe to woman the nerd. battle and they knowledge. did they did technically beat us but like i kind of have a beef with that because they removed jr who's part of our team that's like, true that's so it's true. like why would you why were why are we tying an arm behind our like of course you and me don't know what we're talking yeah, about so like it's been a story i got a life. beef with that i feel like we need a rematch and i think we should have jr yeah it wasn't that bad though it was close it was closer than we than we thought it wasn't that bad that's encouraging we <laughs> lost but we, we we it was close this was supposed to be an ad spot for hawks geek news and instead it was a, just a, a challenge challenge <laughs> We're throwing down the gauntlet. <laughs> so we'll Halloween see you back out there. 2022. Matter of fact, don't even go fucking listen to this, guys. Just, just stay right here. No, we love them. Love you guys. Check yeah. them out. And we're back. Is that all you got? Like, what else you got? We just might feel good. Oh man. So I'm just gonna go on for about an hour and a half and you guys can just chime in. I guess I, honestly I have should s- we just go somewhere? Like in Do you wanna get some pizza? Yeah, get some pizza. We'll be back. This is my moment. Because okay, I'm gonna give you the stage. Yeah, let's let Jordan have But can I say oh, let me set the stage up for you and I'll give you the stage. Okay. So um we're talking about Barbie. Mm-hmm. Um but in regards to us, Brian Gosling plays Ken. Jordan has been like just shouting to the rooftops about Ryan Gosling for years, honestly, for years now. He can do everything. He's good looking. He's funny, blah, blah, blah. You know, loves brooding. this guy. Brooding. Like, there's nothing he can't do. You know, loves him. Ryan Goss obviously gets cast as Ken. And, <laughs> obviously. and I have to say. I mean, he was fucking hilarious, and he killed that role. And the movie's not about Ken, and, like, obviously we need to, like, talk broader about the Barbie movie and all of the it's amazing aspects scale, of it. Yes. But I think we, we have to start with you and a stage just accepting your congratulations about how right you were about Ryan Gosling. Go ahead. I, uh... Oh, this is a big moment for me. I, I just, where's your? I want to hear your are you, speech. Are Let you, me grab your speech. Are you up to? <laughs> I'm gonna just uh, take out my. <laughs> what I wrote down. I like it. These are the lyrics. It's not even cold outside. <laughs> this is the Christmas song we wrote for our live show, and that's uh, what, those are the papers that are closest to me. Um, so it's interesting because we have two beers for this segment. We have a Barbie beer and we have a Ken beer. 
And we're drinking the Barbie beer. We're so. starting with the Barbie beer because we plan on talking about Barbie first, but we I couldn't hold back. I had to go right <laughs> so should we just crack the, the goss beer? Go right let's crack the goss beer okay. and let's start we're with that. We're just pulling an audible? All right. This movie is really about Ken. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. Nope. Nope. Uh, Absolutely not. And everyone's That's literally eyes. not, nail that is not how we're going into the... No. This this movie was... This is more just, controversial than the butt thing. This movie is not about Ken. The butt suits. I'm Knuff. All right, I'm going to get in that sweatshirt. I thought about getting the sweatshirt, too, because it was so fucking funny. All right, let's talk about... Do you want to talk about Ken? Do you want to talk about the beer? Like, what do you want to do? All right, so before before we go into Ken, let's talk about the Ken-themed beer. So, again, Zach got all the beer for this episode, and, again, he crushed it. did a great job. Every theme was on par. If you look at this can, it's from Logan Brewing Company in Beering, Washington. It's called Shocking Grasp, and it's the third anniversary triple IPA. Jesus Christ. If you're going to talk about Ryan Gosling or Ken in this movie, you got to drink a triple IPA. You got to drink a triple IPA. Go as hard (laughs) into the dominant masculinity bullshit side as possible. And oh god, if it's, it's actually perfect that you select this beer, Zach, because I looked up the like the website and the breakdown of this brewery, and they have no menu. They have nothing. It's like an empty, like, fucking, it's like Ken not having a cock. It's just like a blank slate that says we have beer. We have no parts. And we accept dogs. We accept dogs. Come enjoy the show. And I feel like that was Ken in this movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's, t- let's take a sip of the beer first. So let's see how this triple IPA hits at the end of the night. Oh my god, that just makes me wanna We just met you. I wanna push you around where I will This makes me wanna oh my god, bro. take you a fall grand. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> I've always said that Ryan Gosling is just a very very right. versatile actor. I think that he should have been Aquaman. Try this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he could be Captain America. I think he could be fucking Iron Man. I think he could be Gambit, if he dyed his hair, he could he could Ooh. do a little bit of anything. That's like hard alcohol for me. If you look at his first role in Remember the Titans, <laughs> I like how we didn't even talk about the beer. He just took a pull and went straight to Ryan Gosling. He was a silly country guy. He was a wide receiver, and he had some ego. But then he humbled himself and he goes, "Petey, I can't guard this guy. You get out there and guard him." And that shows character. And then you move you move on to drive. You know, we'll skip the notebook because everybody knows he's a heartthrob. You go on to drive, and he has this whole other side to him that's just this dark, brooding character. It has probably three lines of dialogue, but the movie is just so great. And same thing with um, uh, Blade Runner. Similar similar approach. Blade Runner right? was fucking sick. Brooding, so dope. savage, badass, limited dialogue. And then you throw him in a role like this where his dialogue is fucking just... Fluffy and joyful and just hilarious. So, uh, the man can do it all. I'm not going to just camp here as badly as I want to. My tent's already pitched. But <laughs> I just think that this The was, man is like standing behind an RV. This, Fire is roaring. I'm not going to camp here. I'm not tailgating right now. But this, uh, this was what the world needed, I think, to see the full blossom of Ryan Gosling's potential. And I'm glad that we're all now seeing the world through mm-hmm. Gosling colored lenses. And I think that's very exciting. So the beer is good. Um, <laughs> it's a triple IPA. It's, Dude, it's, it's it's got bite. It's dark and heavy. It makes me want to own some horses. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's a it's a triple for sure. Um, yeah. I, I I think that we can. Uh, it's we, very it's very Ken. 
You it's know? very Ken. And I think we can go on to the actual movie now. I think okay. I'm, I'm off my God. Okay. My God's All right. So just Post. for the record, I hate the fact that we started the Barbie movie talking about Ken. I know. The world does too. <laughs> we were, it's terrible. We were, try, we were trying to do the right it's thing. fucking terrible. And we don't ever do the right thing. But, but we try. Here we, we are. Did, we did say we were going to. Here we are. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's center. Let's center. <clears throat> hey, Barbie. I... um. I think I and I think the rest of society had like certain expectations of what a Barbie movie would be. Mm-hmm. I had very confused expectations. I, I thought it was going to be very kiddie, you know, um, super feminine. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it. Not because, you know, I just didn't think I was a target audience. Because you're sexist. That's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> uh, but what I will say coming out of the Barbie movie was... I really think that Greta Gerwig is like a rising star in Hollywood and she's put together quite a run honestly. Um Lady Bird was incredible. Um It's fucking good. It's really fucking good. It's it's good because it's real and raw and like it's the story of this like girl who's like trying to find herself in society and um has all these insecurities and shit but the way it's told is so relatable. And I think that like Greta Gerwig has this ability to write these movies and direct these movies in a way where you just are relating to the characters in such a really fucking cool way. And this Barbie movie is an interesting take on her talent because it's kind of, you know, taking this concept that's really not relatable. That's super official, honestly. And um, bringing it to this human level to the point where it actually elicits emotion. I mean, at the end of the movie, I cried. I'm not lying. God damn it. <laughs> When's the last time you went to a movie and didn't cry that wasn't Oppenheimer? <laughs> You're closing on Oppenheimer. Right. <laughs> I mean, what's the last movie? Barbie, Oppenheimer. Fuck. I watched a movie called Harriet the other day about Harriet Tubman. I did not cry. That movie you didn't cry? <laughs> the tragic story. I thought the movie sucked. Honestly, uh, her, her story's not that. I mean, it's tragic. What she's but, going through is yeah. tragic, but yeah. it's uplifting for sure. But it's about black people, so. Oh, God. <laughs> what does that have to do with crying? <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> joking. I joking. can't comment on that. I no. I um, okay, so about, back to Barbie. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is Three that. Three men describing Barbie is a great. I think I think it is though. I think it is though, because I think like, why not? Like we're three dudes, three hetero dudes that watch Barbie. What do we think? Get naked and have fun together. Let's (laughs) let's talk about the big. We started the movie about Ken. (laughs) The movie. (laughs) Let's let's talk about the big elephant in the room, which is how the reaction has been to this movie, because I think that there's been so many just those fucking. Twitter trolls in their basements and the Reddit assholes that are just like, this is a fucking slash at masculinity and this is an anti-man movie and blah, blah, blah. So I've heard about that, but I haven't seen any of that. It's just, I mean... That's so that's, ridiculous That's all me. I've heard the response has been. And they, okay. always, they always give the shittiest people the loudest voice because it's almost humorous. And this movie was so, like, like obviously satire and exaggerated, but so accurate to like the struggle that women have been through their entire lives and the, the, the platforms they try to live up to. They want to be this, but they can't be that. And, and I think it was so well done to a point where it just puts it on its head and like, yeah, this is what we've fucking been dealing with. And the guys are like 
the guys that are complaining are just unaccepting of the entire narrative. It's such yeah. complainers, those guys. I know. Like, fuck, shut up. But it's just, like, this movie was so well done, and I think that it was, like, I was dying laughing the entire time. I thought it was hilarious. And I felt like I was laughing at, like, the the image of, you know, man and, like, myself, and yeah. I thought that was the best part. It's like, yeah, this is ridiculous, and, like, that's why yeah. we're in such an advanced culture now, and we're such an advanced stage of our society that we can laugh at these things mm-hmm. as men and women laugh at these things that yeah that was fucking ridiculous that we used to do this and the way they joke about it is so fucking clever and hilarious like when my favorite line is when ken is saying i thought the patriarchy thing was really cool but then i realized it wasn't really about horses and that i kind of got disinterested (laughs) (laughs) just hilarious and just spot on about like just the way that we approach things and I, i i think it was great so the interesting part to me there's several interesting parts is the way that they start like Greta is a is a legend, right? And she did she's such- working on it. I, I mean, I think she's not like a legend. She's, oh, I mean, not she's a legend. Nolan. Okay, she's a legend, but I think she. I I say she's like a rising. She's probably like she's like you know next up. She's yeah, like okay. young rising Alan star. Iverson, rising star. Okay. Yeah. The way that they took all of the approach of a Barbie doll being in her actual world. So it's like we can start there, like how they. She didn't drink anything, and she didn't eat anything, yeah. and she was floating down from her top yeah. deck, and like she was placed in a car, and and then it goes to like the the men in the actual picture, and it's like like when Ken doesn't, he's not, they think I'm a lifeguard, but that's a common misinterpretation. I beach, I beach, <laughs> <laughs> Ken beaches, I, Ken beaches hard, <laughs> and like the, the we, beach, we beach each other off. <laughs> yeah, it's a beach off. It's a beach off. You can't even beach Fucking off yourself, beach Ken. <laughs> I, I mean, like the simplicity of like the Barbie world put into like a, a film like this. It was it was done in a way that was like didn't they didn't overcomplicate it and they just like focused on the simplicity of it and made it made it humorous. And I think that was just a really great approach. Yeah, and I feel like, but I feel like the 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 simplicity was like really not like on accident and super smart and well thought out because like I feel like the whole like movie has this like it's like obviously satirical mm-hmm. and it's talking through like these various kind of biases and beliefs of like our society over time and like initially like as women i feel like their like role has been like this very simplistic role where it's like you are like in the kitchen like you know whatever whatever doing your thing and it hasn't been like very complex maternity barbie is canceled midge she like waves yeah. and she's like hi midge yeah. <laughs> like, i don't know why we did that there's, like, only, there's yeah. only one midge yeah, got yeah. canceled but I also think that there's like commentary about feminism in this movie because like it talks through like basically the the whole transgression of the movie is like from Barbie being from that simplistic place where she doesn't drink, she doesn't eat, she just it looks perfect and is perfect, and she moves into like being human and to feeling and to like having a heartbeat and and having emotions and all of those things. And at the end of the movie, what's so rad about it is like it's not like Barbie is now wants to be the president. Or Barbie now wants to be, you know, a doctor or whatever. It's like she just wants to be human. Like she just wants to like be a person and just be, you know, treated as such. And I think that like there's been this like interesting kind of discourse on feminism, which is like basically if you're a feminist and a woman, you need to be a leader. You need to be uh, a conqueror, right? Like you need to go out and do all this shit. But if, and that's how like, feminism has been portraying characters in movies like the beauty and the beast you know it's like well bell can't just be a wife or she can't just be you know a family person she needs to be like the queen or whatever like that's just how this is working if you're not that then you're not feminist and i feel like that's 
pretty fucked up. And I also think that this commentary is more like, no, you can be a feminist, but you also can just be a person, right? Like you, you don't have to be a woman, be a feminist, like feel like women should have rights and then go out into the real world and then be a doctor. Cause if you're not that, then are you not feminist? Like, I feel like that's kind of the, one of the core, like ideas of this film. Yeah. And I think it matters because that's a good question to ask right now. Yeah. I, I think that the movie, um, I get a little annoyed. I, I knew there was criticism. Uh, I didn't pay attention to it because I wanted to enjoy this movie because I, I was kind of in the same boat where I'm like, I think this movie is going to not, it's a toy. It's a movie produced by a toy company, just like transformers, just like, you know, some of these other movies that have had that and they weren't, they were fun, but not, you know, like inspirational or anything deep, you know, it's just like, no heart. And so I I went in there and obviously we all went with our wives, which is great, you know, because I think that was a different, obviously. My wife was very excited to see this movie. Yeah. Amber was too. So I'm glad we kind of did it that way. Mine wasn't. No, she wasn't. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Not really. Amber Amber loves Barbie. She obviously relates to Barbie. Alicia read books. She didn't play with Barbies. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Amber played with Barbies. (laughs) (laughs) And she knows she's got that blonde thing going on with the Barbie thing. But um, you know, this this movie reminded it kind of had like a mixture of like to me like Zoolander with with uh, the Truman Show, and it kind of had this like out outward lo- world looking in, and but also like this like fantastical idea of who you should be, and that's what Zoolander is kind of like. I should be this steel look person, or I should do you know, but it's mm-hmm. the same look over and over. Mm-hmm. And um, and then you got the Truman Show, which was like this person who's like blinded by this world that was created for him. Mm. And so I thought it was these two kind of mixed together, which I love both those movies. That's interesting, actually. I can see that. There's uh, a lot of parallels. To this yeah, I can see sure. that. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, I mean, watching, um, first of all, who doesn't love Margot Robbie? I, I'm going to have a really hard time with Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn because no matter what Margot Robbie, she's one of those actresses as well. Is Margot Robbie done playing? Harley I, Quinn. I think she is done. Maybe. Well, Lady Gaga's Harley she, Quinn in on the Joker, Joker universe. Yeah. So it's a little bit. I love different. Lady Gaga. I'm so just. Gonna, I'm gonna have a hard time a- adapting to it because it's a musical, though. So Lady Gaga should be. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, she's gonna that. fucking crush that. Um, but it's it, it, watching her do from I Tanya to uh, to Harley Quinn to some of these other things. Wolf she's of Wall Street. Wars of Wall Street. Oh my god, she's amazing on that. And just watching this actress like develop into this superstar. And I love the they kind of poke at themselves in this movie when the narrator was talking about how she's feeling sorry for herself. They're like, well, this is probably the wrong person. Yeah. Margot Robbie shouldn't play somebody that's it's feeling great. sorry for yourself, yeah. but okay, we'll move on. But, and I thought that was a great touch to this movie. And it actually is very inspirational to me. The movie, Amber and I walked down, we were like inspired to be honest with you, inspired that it's a great movie and inspired that it actually took a stand with a point of view. And it wasn't like an agenda point of view. It was literally a point of view of whoever wrote this and directed it. And I think that was, is really hard these days. Um, and the people want to put an agenda on it. And yeah. That's what's frustrating. Well, so. And it shouldn't be that way. And I'm glad I ignored the, and didn't read the critics because I didn't want to have it an agenda. And like we, we talked about uh, Captain Marvel that totally had an agenda. They changed everything to make it to, they try to create what black Panther did. Right. And this movie just was, I feel like written to, to be poked at it, at itself. It was, it was a s- satire. Yeah, and it was written to be, um, I think, inspirational. I asked Amber, like, would you take your daughter to this movie? You know, 
as as a mom and dad. One hundred and fifty percent, I would. And Amber said yes. She's like, yeah, this would be a I perfect would. movie to go with your daughter. Why would you not? Yeah, I think it's perfect for that. And I love the parallels you're making. Those are ones I haven't heard before. The ones that I have heard, which I think are just about structure of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, I heard this, but this is after like I, when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, this is an elf, a female version of elf, like. There's a character uh, in this mystical land. I see, and she travels, mm-hmm. and you got Will Ferrell. The world, mm-hmm. And then realized the world's not what they thought they, it was, mm-hmm. and they actually changed the world by being there. Didn't even occur then, to me that mm-hmm. the elf. And Will Ferrell being in there, and the, yeah. even the way they travel is like yeah, it's, cartoony. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was like, okay, this is an el- a female version of Elf, which I was excited for because I love Elf. Yeah, I love Elf. Too. But then I heard one that was also, this is the, this is the story of Black Panther. But it's, it's a reach. Just, yeah, yeah, it's a reach. But it's just, it's just funny and how they, you know, the world, like everything's been done already and they try and find ways to connect Yeah, yeah, everything. yeah. But the, the, just the way they approached this movie was hilariously perfect from the- It was funny. From the dancing- hilarious. To the, to the jokes, to all of the, the Ken jokes were great. Ken shined. Ken. Ken shined. Margot Robbie shined too. Like obviously she killed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I do just want to mention about Margot that she was also the executive producer of this. Okay. So she was like, like this movie doesn't happen without Margot Robbie. Like how 100%. Greta Gerwig. She was got a stereotypical Barbie. Like she even exactly. making fun of herself. On towards that. towards the end of the movie, uh, Margot has a line with uh, I think the original Barbie creator, and it's about like oh, that, how that scene was so sweet. Yeah, and it was like all white, and mm-hmm. it was just like I, I tried to just find the monologue, and I and I miss it, so I'm gonna paraphrase it. I'm gonna do do it terribly. You do a great job. You got this chance. Thanks, man. <laughs> uh, but basically, it was like about how she wanted to not be what's created but be the creator. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember talking to my wife about that afterwards and saying like, I think she might be talking about her own career. Yeah. Because when Margot Robbie like came to the scene, she was like the hot wife of Leo DiCaprio and Wolf yeah. of Wall Street. Like that was her big break. Right. And how shitty is that for like a, a, an aspiring female actress? They that, get paid that, like, way less than men. Yeah. Too, which and sucks. like, it's like your role in that is just to be hot. And yeah. I think honestly in Harley Quinn, like, that was her role too. Like yeah. it was just to be hot, like be hot and do your thing, Harley Quinn. But you're still hot, and I just think that like this was really cool, especially understanding that Margot is the you know executive producer because she approached Greta Gerwig and she was like, "Hey, I have this idea. I think you should be the director. What do you think?" Pitched her, and then Greta came on board, oh, brought her husband on board, and that's how they wrote it. But they wrote it in COVID, so I listened to a like a another podcast that. Where Greta Gerwig did it. Podcast was in ours. Yeah. We'll talk about it. Greta Gerwig did an interview and she she talked about how that happened. So Margot was kind of like pushing this and then Greta started writing it with her husband. And um, then when they wrote Ken into the script before even talking to uh, uh, Ryan Gosling, they wrote Ryan Gosling as Ken. Because they like Margot and Greta were basically like both in like unanimous decision like we're either getting Ryan Gosling as Ken or like, we're not fucking making the movie. Like it was that serious. And so they pitched Ryan on the movie and initially he was kind of skeptical. Like he was like, "Mm, I don't know, man. Like I got to wear fucking lightning sweats. Like I'm not (laughs) sure. Bandana. And and they literally had to like, you got to think of the brand. He's got to think. Yeah. They had to work. They had to work him Mm -hmm. because he wasn't like initially on as they should. And then, and then obviously they ultimately got him. Do you know how they got him? I don't. I, I, all I know is that he has a daughter and he was like, went outside and saw like a Barbie 
was fa- like his daughter's Barbie doll was face down in a mud puddle. And he's like, this can't be what Barbie's about. And then he sent like, a picture of the Barbie to Margot and Greta is like, I got to, I got to do this for Ken or I got to do this for Barbie. I'm in or something like that. <laughs> like he, he, he was, he was turned on by, or turned around by turned that, around by that, that, that situation. Moment. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so like, the whole thing fucking happens because of Margot Robbie. She's not just the main character of the movie. She's literally the idea creator, the one that got the director and the writer, the one that got Ryan Gosling. Like she's bigger than like what I think, society and at least me like i'll just talk for myself thought she was but so that line at the end where where she talks about being the creator not just what's created i just felt like that was like mad impactful and that's why i started crying i also started crying (laughs) because because in that moment i mean barbie's going through this fucking journey it's hilarious it's smart the whole movie's smart it's funny but it also has heart mm-hmm. like it has it like a, a big it's like meaning very inspirational movie very inspirational and then in that moment when like she's like really deciding to be a human doesn't really want to be like this perfect thing anymore and that's giving up a lot if you think about that decision like hell yeah she's dude. giving she's giving up eternal life essentially yeah and she's like saying like i just want to feel like i want to be real and i want to be flawed and i want to live in that and i want to celebrate that and then and then the billy eilish song comes i'm sorry but that Billie Eilish song, <laughs> bruh, can we talk about that shit? I, I feel like I don't know. Anything you about guys are ready, bro. I just want to like speak the lyrics to you. Do, can, can you do it? Them? Can you do it in that voice? Yeah. <laughs> While Zach's looking up the lyrics, I'm going to give an O to Barbie because we are changing beers to yeah. the Barbie beer. So the Ken beer was the Logan Brewing Company. Did you kill your Ken beer? Damn near close. The Barbie beer is Fort Side Brewing, and this is out of Vancouver, Washington. And uh, unlike Ken, this one actually has a story. So Fort Side Brewing was founded on the ideal of strengthening craft beer culture in the southwest of Washington. The Fort Side of the mighty Columbia River, which is Fort Vancouver, is a monumental landmark in the Pacific Northwest that persists as a strong, powerful, and resilient symbol of this area's heritage. What did- we are drinking the Barbie-themed, Zach chose, pink can strawberry tart it's a strawberry sour ale and i don't think it could be any more perfect for a beautiful looking can with a tart interior and a story behind it i used to float yeah this yeah, one, it's got go. such a great description when uh also you luscious did not fruit kill. and a bright tart ale no, combined close. forces the result can be more than the sum of its parts. Strawberry tart is a perfect example. A brew whose individual parts uh, serve to evaluate or well, elevate each other, creating a beer in perfect harmony and balance. Mine's kind more of than the sum of its parts. It's kind of po- poetic. More than the sum of its parts. How can you get more Barbie than that? Um, I used to float. Here we go. Well, let me now I just beer. fall down. I used to know, Oof, that is but I'm not sure now. Zach's, what was I made for? Zach's doing belly. Okay. What Shh. was I made for? Taking a drive. I was an ideal. Looks so alive. Turns out I'm not real. Just something you paid for. What was I made for? Because I, I don't know how to feel, but I want to try. I don't know how to feel, but someday I might. Someday I might. When did it end? All the enjoyment. I'm sad again. Don't tell my boyfriend. It's not what he's made for. 
What was I made for? <laughs> There's more to the song, but. I'm just Your move. It's a beautiful fucking song. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. It's a beautiful fucking song, and the and the meaning of it is like, I don't know. It, it's really impactful to me. Like it's like, it's just something that I that you pay for. But what was I made for? For some reason, I feel myself putting myself in like, Barbie's heels. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I see that. Like I'm in the heels right now, yeah, and I'm like, like, fuck you guys. You're not flat footed anymore. Fuck babe. you guys looking at. Yeah, you're, you're like. Honestly, I'm a woman. <laughs> you know? Are you a feminist? <laughs> I, th- I think so. We're all feminists. I think, I think I am, Let's dude. We're all feminists. I think I am. I just think that that's like a beautiful message, beautiful song, and Margot Robbie's journey in a lot of ways. You know? And she's she's top notch. And now man. and now it's like fuck. Like her, the, the world is her oyster because this movie has like blown the fuck up. When I went to see this movie. Theaters was packed. Yeah. Everybody Same. was in pink. Yep. Packed as fuck. And it wasn't even opening weekend. It was like weeks after. I the, wore pink. The, I did too. So weeks after. Seven, just 17 days after its release has earned more than $1 billion worldwide. That's one of the highest grossing films of all time, dude. Greta Gerwig. It opened more than The Dark Knight. It's the highest grossing film from a female ever. People from a female director. People don't go to theaters anymore, so that's... It's massive, dude. Something. It's massive. Yeah, dude. Or they don't go, and when something comes like out like this, they all go. Yeah, I think it's it's a rarity now. But uh, I think we're all in agreement that so this is a fantastic love this movie. Um, movie, and I think that it's so fantastic because it appeals to everyone. Yeah, like kids, no, it doesn't. Adults. Besides assholes, it appeals to everyone <laughs> sure doesn't. outside of it's assholes. It's actually quite controversial for a lot of people. I don't but understand that, that at all, though. But, like, but we say a lot. I feel like the the loud minority is the ones that is, doesn't appeal to, and who gives a fuck about the loud minority? It's just so odd to me. Just like it's like when you read a book, you don't you don't go to read a book to to give it judgment. You to be entertained and to be inspired. Like that's what art is. You you go look at a painting to be inspired. You watch you know you watch a movie to be inspired. Either it is or isn't. So if it doesn't, just move on and find one that because does. People's like, opinions can be seen and heard now so they yeah, want shut the bleep. throw it the shit out oh you now you bleep <laughs> now you bleep yeah. bleep of all times yeah bleep fuckers <laughs> all right it sounds like you're it sounds like you're closing this out but before you do that i i want to talk about alan well i was going to go through our favorite characters and alan was mine obviously <laughs> okay just then please proceed no ken was ken was mine but i was gonna say who's your favorite character and i was waiting for alan to come up because talk about alan okay so i have i have this like interesting theory about alan and Michael Sarah's character. Yeah, Michael, Sarah, I haven't yeah. seen Michael Sarah's Michael, in a Michael long Sarah's time character. either, so it's kind of kind of nice to so see him a little bit. So I think that Alan is like a yeah. a character that's meant to exist outside of like normative kind of I don't know masculinity or femininity. Like he's not a Barbie, but he's not a Ken. He's, he's a, an Alan. He's a Jordan. What? Go on. No, what you what did you say before? Just a second ago, I was just drinking my beer. Oh, okay. Anyway, yeah, thought I heard you say something. Okay, um, but so I I felt like he's he doesn't exist in any of those realms. So he's 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 an Allen, and he's not accepted by the Kens, and he's not accepted by the Barbie. So at first, he's kind of it's not, it sucks, right? But through the movie, over time, Allen kind of becomes the fucking man. You know, like Alan kind of becomes like the guy that's like, yeah, dude, like we're going to drive over here. We're going to fix this shit. We're going to go back over here. And like his his like 
uh, I guess his like position of not being a part of these like larger social circles, like give him the agency to make like decisions that are critical in the moment for, that's best for like all the groups. And so it kind of seems like Alan operates as this character that I don't know, like if I, if I'm taking it to a societal standpoint, which I kind of feel like I should, cause this whole, it's a satire on society yeah. is that it's like this discussion around like a figure that just decides to disengage from the whole conversation, like from the whole fucking circus, which it kind of is like of this masculine, feminine, you know, fucking uh, feminism, like, you know, man, ju- what's the word for the man? Balls. No. Mysticals. Nope. Masculinity? Nope. Patriarchy? Patriarchy. Patriarchy, <laughs> like the whole, just, just disengages and just becomes himself. And it's just like comfortable and being themselves. How like in a world where everybody else is kind of like assigning themselves to a team for whatever reason, that person becomes the one that actually is the most effective in, you know, leading the group to like better outcomes. And I think that the Allen is the most prominent volume of society in reality, but the loudest are what you think most people are Allens? Yes. Wow. I think the loudest are the Barbies and the Kens, but I think that the majority are Allens. It's just all we hear about are the fucking Barbies and the Kens because they're the ones that are the most vocal and the Allens are disengaged. Interesting. What do you consider yourself? Ken. Okay. Well, I feel like I'm an Allen. (laughs) I think I'm, more. I've never even thought about what kind of person I kinda, I, I kind of just said that in jest. That's I know, true. but in reality, how you operate, like, I feel like you're more of an Allen than a Ken. I feel like we joke about being Kens, and that's kind of the whole That's probably true. Podcast. I mean, there's, but there's some society, civility to Ken. We have, a, we have a more Allen side to us than any Ken. What does that mean? Like, Explain to me like what an Allen means. It means that, I mean, in a political standpoint, we like I don't fucking sway hard either way. I think that... It's bullshit on both sides, and I disengage, and I'm neutral to the majority. And I feel like a lot of people are, but we are the quietest because we're disengaged. So that's that's what Alan is, in my opinion. I feel like majority of the of my circles, which includes you guys, obviously, because we're in a circle right now, more of a triangle, is the Allens. And I think the Allens are the quietest, and that's the problem that we have is. Because 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 of the disengagement. Yeah, because it's like why be loud in a why scream into a void. In mm. a sense, I can see that. I mean, I definitely understand. Like, I tend to stick in my own realm a lot of times, and the only time I speak out is usually at work or something like that. Jared is a Ken, but uh, a so Ken through and Ken. through. I I try not Jesus. to be a Ken. You I are fucking though. killed it's this guy because he was fucking up my sale. Go ahead and take your like fucking lightning headband out. And yeah. just, first off, put a shirt on, <laughs> and then have this conversation. I did. With I am getting tan, so I'm working on it. Um, yeah, I, I I totally I understand that a lot. I mean, I didn't get to, 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 to in this movie to like think about the types or what maybe some of those underneath. Um, topics could have been but that's the whole movie though i know i i think i just enjoyed it so much i enjoyed the fact that i got to see an allen approach yeah i i got to enjoy such the 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 most um 
you know, I start to put it this way. I enjoyed the acting a lot. I enjoyed seeing people that I don't normally see. I, I saw uh, some actresses and actresses from sex, uh, Netflix Sex Education in there, which is really cool to see. And I think just being able to enjoy, I, I was so enthralled by by uh, Margot Robbie's journey, I think, that I just didn't, I didn't think about like what Alan meant to me. Um, and I didn't think about for the, what for the record, I didn't think about it either until after. Yeah, I, I, I mean, honestly, I'm not thinking about it until right now. About it until right now, either. yeah, I so am I not love, thinking about it until right now. Yeah, and so I, I think that to me, it just the movie was just a great night to hang out and wa- go with my wife and both of us. I've, for once, both of us be inspired by the same thing, which was like a, a plus for me because yeah. usually she's like going with me to like just to kind of go with me. She gets yeah. some nachos out of it or something, you know, yeah. and, 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 and we walked out of it. I'm like, that was pretty cool. We had like yeah. a, a moment together as, as yeah. a couple, which was an amazing thing. And so thing. did I. Yeah. And, and also equally rare. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like an artist taking a, a scientist yeah. to like the movies and she like, yeah. Amber's just one of those. Doesn't too, care. So yeah. What, like she get it's like a straight face the whole artist. time. Yeah. So I, it was, I mean, that's what I got artist. out of it. So I, I definitely like my favorite character is, is obviously Margot. I just like I said into not just because she's a beautiful person and, and on the outside, but just because like she's you, baddie, bro. She's, she's just you just fuck, follow bro. her act like the way she's acting and the way she's doing things these days. You just follow her around. You know, you're like you're like looking at this like one of the probably top beautiful people in the world, but also make fun of herself and and like yeah. do things that you're like okay. Most people will just kind of try and ride this as yeah. hard as they can, and then see what happens. Have but you guys have you guys seen Babylon? That's no. that's with um, Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah. And Margot, I watched it on a plane. It's like a fucking three hour weird movie. Yeah, but Margot and Brad Pitt starred in it, and Margot is just this character that is hot. No, she's actually like a very individualistic. Like, comes on as the hot actress star and that's how she gets the roles but then her, her her like actual personality comes out too strong so she gets banished from like the hollywood community and she eventually just goes on this bender and like it, it's just like her being her but it's like also the struggle of somebody going through that and also trying to portray somebody they're not it's not that great of a movie if you ask me but margot's character is absolutely phenomenal yeah. and it just shows like that taught what you're talking about like i want to be the creator not be created like she was the creator in that role 100%. Yeah, she's like yeah. she's coming in her own for sure and I I think that's one, I think that's great to see for us as she moves on to the next next project and I think Barbie was just it was it was it Barbie was really like good. her baby. Like I think it's like one thing to be an actor, it's another thing to be a director and a writer, but it's like another thing to be like the executive producer that essentially like goes to the studio and is like this is my idea. Right? Without this conversation, the idea doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. It fucking doesn't. This is what I think we should do. I think we should do a Barbie movie. Then find the director, find the writer, find your co-stars, then make it happen, and then have it be this good. I mean, it's a massive accomplishment, so like, kudos to her. But I also think it just like speaks to like the fact that she's bigger than at least what I thought. And, and you know, I'm coming from a position where I saw her at, in the Wolf of Wall Street. Mm-hmm. And I saw her as Harley Quinn and I thought she was, you know, yeah, I watched I Tanya. So I think that yeah. was like a pivot point for me with her, but she's, she's, she's a, a force. I want to, yeah. I want to touch on Will Ferrell before we get, get to the close, because I think that there was a very cool side of the whole story that 
was very easily at the beginning assumed as the villain. Mm-hmm. And when he was noticing everything happening, he wanted to put Barbie in the box, right? And yep. so like, oh, this is the bad put guy. Put her back in the box. This is the big guy in the put tower. This is the bad guy. And in a sense, he was, right? But then when Ken started, like, growing and Ken dolls started selling, what did he try to do? We got to get there and we got to shut this down. Like, Barbie is special for a reason because of who Barbie is. And he, like, tried to get to the source and shut it all down because he knew what the world needed. The world needed Barbie. The world did not need fucking Ken. And that was like a weird mm. path that I did not see coming because like the That's Ken dolls true. were selling off the shelves and like no we gotta stop it we gotta go save Barbie that is so he true he wasn't yeah. trying to put her in a box to like put her away he's trying to put her in a box to save society from viewing Ken as this patriarchal god like he was actually in a way an antihero which what? I thought was a very the interesting. Fuck? Digging deep. What a, what a fucking what a, wild take. Dude. What a, this movie, I'm telling you. I don't you. think it's that wild if you I, look at it. I, I hear what you're saying. First of all, I thought that uh, uh, Will Ferrell was not the funny in the movie. I guess I don't have like any rebuttals. I, I feel like... I'm just going to drink my beer. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it's a, it's a good one. I, why, why, would, why would Will Ferrell's character care if Ken's... If Ken, like the, the fact that Ken was selling versus Barbie, though? Because it's it all was, Martell. Because it was, because he cares about society. And no, he, needs, he understands like, what the world actually wants, and this was just a phase. The world actually wants Barbie yeah. to be the power and the source, and like the woman to be, like if we're all focused around the man, like that's that's temporary. But we, the woman, is what we all actually revolve around. It's a very good point because his his like CEO or whatever comes by and be like, hey, we're we're making money. Like he has his tablet. He's like, we're making money. What's the problem? Kind of. And he's like, no, no, this isn't. Get your rollerblades. There is that. There yeah. is that scene for sure. Let's all get let's go get rollerblades. And so I I that's a great take. I, I will tell you, Jordan. Good job. Drink a little bit more. You get smarter. Hidden hero. I was yeah. I was in there the whole time. I was just waiting. <laughs> just waiting <for> <laughs> I am drinking this Barbie beer though, and it's bringing out some goodness. Yeah, because you didn't drink your Ken beer. So. But I have finished my Barbie beer. But you're killing that Barbie beer. <laughs> <laughs> fucking smashing on that. All right, what do we All rate right. this? What yeah, do we rate let's this? Do it. Let's do it. I'm going to give Barbie a 9.1. Yeah, I was going 9.2. And the reason I give it a 9.1. You Barbie? 9.2. Yeah, man. 9.1. I thought it was fucking fantastic, mm-hmm. and I thought it took on potentially controversial take. It did, and I enjoyed that. And it did it so goddamn well that yeah. I loved every second of it. It's really hard Very to watch. Very smart. Yeah. And and the only caveats I have to it were some parts were a little too silly, some parts were a little too... I, 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 yeah. And, like, the, like, there was, like, I get they were doing it for the mm-hmm. satire, but, like, the... When he dives into the on the surfboard, and hits the wave, and, whoa, <laughs> and flips around. Like I get the reasoning for it, but it just was like a little kitty for me. And I get that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. This doesn't resonate with me. So there was a few little of those moments that I didn't love, but that would never take me away from saying this is a great movie. Yeah, I think a nine point one is a great rating. So that that's what I give it. Yeah, I'm I'm nine point two. I I just enjoyed the movie. I mean, period. And I enjoyed. I I, I mean, it was a great visual. It's visually great looking. Um, I know they didn't use like the whole uh, element we haven't even talked about. Yeah, it, it, the the whole paper mis- like dresses and the whole like I love all the like you know when they yeah. threw the clothes in the air it was just like naming the clothes. Like I thought that was funny, you know, and I enjoyed it. I really wanted Ryan Gosling uh, steroid package. So I was asking to see if we can find that somewhere, 
and I can use that because mm-hmm. he must have with that. Yeah, six I pack. think I think it's I just you. called HGH. Okay, I got you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Just Google HGH. Okay, because I'm pretty sure that uh, I swear I thought that was like a suit when I first saw it. His stomach. That's just how he wakes up. I was like, day. holy shit. I mean, his whole life is built on. He's basically Barbie. <laughs> he's basically just his entire life is Barbie. <laughs> like, like he has trainers, dieters, workout people. Like he has like a team that just make him look like yeah. that. He constantly. lives in a cabin and he hunts his own food. <laughs> <laughs> oh and so low, low of high land. protein, low fats. I get it. I get it. <laughs> it's all so, just like that's just what he looks like naturally. Yeah. yeah. So uh, my basically John Bernthal. Okay. Oh yeah. I like that too. I, yeah, uh, but you know John Bernthal's like actually a real dude. That is guy like he's a brutal. Per- um, but uh, yeah, I in I in um nine point two. I think that was great. I was inspired. I, I love I love that we watched these two movies. To be honest with you, it what got, a contrast. It, yeah, it, but what a great day. W- yes, yeah. fucking what? Barbenheimer, dude. Yeah. Like that's such an amazing. For, it was a for great film, summer for film viewers. What a great um, uh, way to like to do this. Right. Even in the middle of a strike, where like there's nothing happening right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we can see Barbenheimer yeah. and like and it can we're a part of this fucking legendary. Like two it, movie, it's not even a competition anymore. It's more just like, it's just great. It's hand in hand, great fucking weekend. You it, know, it's yeah. such a great thing to see because Marvel and all the comic books were so dominant for so long now, and and they suck. And now that you, you're getting, now you're getting like people. Okay, like how can we? We got to top these fucking movies, and we got to do it with art, and we got to do it with skill. No more just regurgitating comic stuff yeah but there is a lot of art skill out there that's not getting the credit and that's because of the steamrolling of marketing and mm-hmm. marvel and everything like there is more of these movies out there and i'm excited for them to fucking come to the surface i am as, as marvel well. fizzles and this is a fucking comic podcast historically and we're shitting on it but i'm excited for the art to come forward because it Me is too. out there yeah you're killing our killing our target audience <laughs> our target audience agrees with us yeah until they give us something hey, to be the proud comic of, industry's been down i'll tell you that we are not fucking just praisers we will be direct with how we hey, feel we're and, honest yeah yeah we're not and, here to and push right now comics. until you give us something fucking good which i think loki 2 will be good yeah season two of loki is gonna be good i'm excited for that but until we give us something to be proud of bring the art yeah and i recommend people who are Stop giving a slap slap shit. are not happy with comics read some independent comics okay people read some like not non-mainstream comics read some you know there's a lot of those out there and yeah we, we can get into those in a whole other segment because yeah. that has to give us oh sorry review. go ahead um do some billy irish lyrics yeah, just i think i already did it do it again um <laughs> do it again <laughs> i was moved uh by the barbie movie yep i was moved by it um I I don't know man like I I just think that it's crazy impressive for me to watch a film that um is funny and satirical and not taking itself very seriously until it does right and then it just turns a corner and then it fucking does and then it hits you know at this like deep level and I don't feel like that's it's that easy to like traverse from like comedy to tragedy, mm-hmm. honestly. And the Barbie movie does that. So like for if you're still listening to this podcast, we've spoiled every single fucking thing. But like if 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 you have a friend that's never seen the Barbie movie, but they like film, 
and they're like, I'm not going to watch the Barbie movie. I think it's a mistake. Mm-hmm. That's a mistake. Because the Barbie movie is is just fantastic in every way we've described. But most importantly, in the ways that like make you feel something. Make you question yourself. It's almost like putting a mirror up you know, to society. Being like, which parts of this make sense to you? And I think that's a fucking great way to like tell story and to, you know, make impact on an audience. So fuck. I mean, Barbenheimer weekend was a, was a all time film watching weekend. I think Greta Gerwig is a genius. Honestly. Yeah. She's only 40 by the way too. She's really young. Yeah. Lady Bird was a fucking, Mm -hmm. was a, was a masterpiece. Little women masterpiece. I don't think I can give this a 10. Nah, it's a 10. Barbenheimer weekend, in my opinion, was the best film film viewing weekend or, or, or week because of the strike. But Barbie and Oppenheimer are fucking perfect. Mm-hmm. What's the Rotten Tomatoes say for us? So wait, uh, our average is 9.1, 9.2, and 10. So that's probably like a 9.6. Yeah, it's fucking yeah. range. Yeah, it's high, yeah. It's high as fuck. Okay. Um the critics give it an eighty eight. Okay. Audience gives it eighty three. The fourth IPA is hitting. Yeah. Right now. The, I think the, we're all the, feeling well, you guys had the triple and yeah. now you have this thing. <laughs> we're all feeling good. <laughs> um, oh fuck. Anybody that's uh, made it this far in this podcast, it's been a while since we all got together on the mic. Yeah. I think we're all just very passionate yeah. about it's it's gonna feel like Oppenheimer. You're just you're just gonna like be really enthralled, and next thing you know, it's over. Just just you know, enjoy. I don't know if the butts are gonna be as clenched listening to this podcast <laughs> as they hopefully were. Hopefully not. Yeah, during Oppenheimer, but hopefully. Yeah, hopefully get close. Let me go a little, little score. We just, we're just good <laughs> but thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, if you uh, if you enjoyed this, please go. Like and subscribe. Mm-hmm. Leave a comment. Um, any five star reviews, we'll give a shout out on our next episode. Yeah, Zach throw some is, love. Zach is already folding his microphone. Yeah, up, he's done, and the audio is just thrashed <laughs> because of that. He's got to go pee. And he is up and he is gone, folks. He has left the building. All right. So, uh, all right. Thank you so much. We'll catch you guys next time. See ya. Time.